Um, this morning I just wanted to add a little bit more about um, pain, which I talked about last time. One of the things I forgot to mention was the importance of pandiculation, which I have talked about in the past. Pandiculation is that thing that we often call stretching, um, which is what you do when you first wake up and what um, dogs and cats do whenever they've been lying down. And you see cats stretch in all sorts of different directions. With dogs, they often do it in that bowing way where the bum is up in the air and the paws, a little bit like a downward dog, um, the paws are extended forward. And it's not strictly stretching because stretching, which we do in stretching sessions, is lengthening an uncontracted muscle, lengthening a passive muscle, whereas pandiculation is lengthening a contracted muscle. So it's not important that you understand that difference intellectually because you will feel it in your body. When you pandiculate, it has the feeling of a yawn, even though it's not a yawn in your face and mouth, but it's a yawn of your arms and legs. You're extending them out while contracting them. One way to do it, if you don't really know how it feels, is to stand up with your legs fairly wide apart and then extend your arms up to the ceiling and have your fingers um, have your fingers extended and just try and lengthen your arms up into the ceiling as much as you can. So you will be contracting things, but you will also be lengthening your arms. And then um, you can try uh, making fists with your hands and keeping your arms extended as long as possible, but clenching your fists as hard as you possibly can. And another variant would be to also Uh, scrunch up your face and your eyes as much as you possibly can while extending your arms into the air. So that'll give you the feeling of pandiculation if you don't really know what you're looking for. And then you can do it in any position. You can do it, it's easiest to do lying on the ground. You just extend your legs down as long as possible and extend your arms away from you as long as possible and arch your back and hold that in a contraction and do that all in one flowing movement and it feels like a yawn. And doing that resets the muscles, their length, their tension, their tonus, irons out knots in muscles, resets the nervous system to receive more accurate sensory input from those muscles and essentially is an extremely useful, valuable, effective tool for fixing aberrant motor patterns and neuromuscular pain, musculoskeletal pain. And it's something so simple, it takes a few minutes, not even, and you can do it at any time of the day, and you can do it in standing up, you can do it lying on the floor, you can even do it in a chair. It doesn't matter what bit you're stretching, what position you're in, as long as you feel that sensation of the yawny lengthening of a contracted muscle. So I wanted to add that as 
if if there's no other time in the day, if there's nothing else you can possibly do for your pain, if you have pain, then do a few of those sprinkled through the day. And then the other thing I was going to add was that with those um, exercises I was seeing from the book, from Move Without Pain by Martha Peterson, that take three minutes a day, first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. It can be whenever it works for you, but that works really well for me because then it's done, it's out the way, and I don't have to think about it or remember it or plan it. And then gradually adding a new one to that repertoire. Another, and, and eventually ending up with a half an hour thing or however long it can be every day, And another thing which is kind of the same but also kind of different is just a general floor movement practice which may not be something formal that you're following instructions from a book. In fact, it's probably better if it isn't. And this can be done with or straight after your um, somatics ones or it can be done on its own and it can be done throughout the day. I do it when I'm at work and I have a gap between patients and I don't have to immediately duck out and get the next one because I'm running on time or slightly early and I'll just get on the floor for a few minutes and it's literally rolling across your body parts in order to feel your bones. So when we evolved from single-celled things to multi-celled things to things that were from things that were in the water to gradually come up onto land and then come up onto land in a horizontal position and then gradually raise ourselves off the ground and eventually come into a quadruped position and then eventually evolved into a biped position. All those transitions involved a greater and greater use of using one's skeletal structure, whether that be bones like we have, or whether it be an exoskeleton like um, crabs and insects have, but using the skeletal system to push into the ground. And in pushing into the ground, a force is created that raises us up off the ground against gravity. And it's the constant interplay of the force of gravity downwards and the force that we um, harness by pushing our structure into the ground, the ground force going upwards and that's what keeps us upright and keeps us upright effortlessly because we're perfectly balanced. And a lot of us have lost that ability to be perfectly balanced, to have our skeleton stacked in such a way that we're mostly resting on our skeleton. So there's only a very, very minimal muscular effort involved in keeping us stacked so we don't, we're not blown over by the slight breeze of wind, um, like a, a pile of cards so we do need a little bit of muscular effort to keep us in that position and that stacked position is constantly being adjusted it's not actually static it's constantly in micro motion but the the feeling of being stacked the feeling of using your skeletal structure against which is a hard thing against 
the ground and harnessing that force is a felt thing. I can explain it to you, you can read about it, you can understand it, you can understand it really well if you're an engineer. However, you've still got to feel it. It doesn't matter how well you understand it, you've still got to feel it to be able to use it. Now, many of you don't even need to know any of this because you already feel it naturally because that's how... Uh, an uninterfered with development pathway would be if we were all able to develop naturally from birth without interference and without regression or injury or trauma to go to to let us lose those skills then we just have them innately and animals have them innately especially wild animals so then you don't even need to listen to this but if you have lost it like me um then you can regain it by uh, laying on the floor, which is what you did as a baby, and that's how you learned it in the first place. And playing on the floor by that, I mean playing with the sensation of your bony parts rolling across the floor or transferring weight. So rolling could be that you're resting your weight on your left thigh, and you you choose to roll yourself forward and backward across your left thigh to feel that force transmission or it could be transferring so you could be on your hands and your feet or your hands and your knees and you could take two limbs off the ground and then that would transfer the weight onto the remaining two limbs and then you would take two different limbs off the ground and transfer the weight onto the remaining limbs and it doesn't need to be the four limbs it can be your left buttock and your right elbow or any part of you take whatever part of you is resting on the floor take one part of you off the floor and feel how that means the other three parts or the other six parts or the other whatever's remaining on the floor is now taking that extra weight from the bit you removed from the floor and you can do that in any configuration and the more you do it yourself through your own working out and the less you do it through following instructions that someone gave you the more you will learn from this now like the chipping away at the statue concept this is something that you might start doing and feel nothing and not understand and not get anything out and think there's nothing going on but it really does work it really is effective and I first discovered it several years ago and I started doing it and I really didn't get what I was doing. I just saw someone discussing it, I saw a video, I thought this looks like it's important, but I really didn't get that kinesthetic sense. I really didn't understand at all anything about the ground force or the bones. I've read all that stuff since and given myself this explanation for how it works. But I just had this feeling it was important. And in the beginning, I was very inconsistent with doing it and I didn't feel the benefits. I did feel the benefits, but then I would deny that I'd felt them. I would forget that I'd felt them. All this mental baggage would come in and say, oh, that's not real. That's a load of woo-woo nonsense. 
And so I was very erratic. I would do it for a while. Oh, yes, this is good. And then I'd forget to do it. And this went on. And I've given myself negative self-talk over being inconsistent, but I don't think that's valid. I think it's perfectly natural when you start doing something that it's not going to make sense. You're not going to be that committed. You're going to want to be committed, but not really stick with it. And that's okay. That's how it is. That's how it happens. That's a natural process. Now, some people are really, really disciplined. Some people feel the benefits straight away and the feeling of the benefits gives them the motivation to continue and do it very consistently. My son's an example of that. He discovered MoveNet when he was 14 or 15 and he saw a video. He went out and did some stuff and he must have felt the benefits so strongly that he's never ever gone a day without doing a quite extended movement practice, a lot of commitment, a lot of effort, really strong. And five years later, he's got, he's rebuilt himself into a machine. (laughs) He's well, a machine, but he's very strong and he's very able. And it's taken a lot of practice. Whereas I've been very erratic very inconsistent, changed my mind multiple times about what I would do. And it's taken me a long, much, much longer, windier path to find myself where I am now, where I do do an hour of floor movement practice that I make up myself from various elements. Some are purely creative and my own invention and some are things I've learnt from MoveNet, DNS, Feldenkrais and other things. So everyone's got a different pathway and the things that I guess slowed me down and they're not bad, they're just what they are, they're just me, but what slowed me down was firstly not having a refined enough inner sensing skill with which to notice whether something was helping me or not. So I would do something, some physical movement, but I really didn't have my, it was like I was slightly deaf or slightly blind, and, but in my sense, in my physical senses, I wasn't detecting the changes. They were muffled, they were fuzzy, they were unclear. And so it was really hard to know if the thing was good or not, if the movement I was doing was improving myself or was hurting myself, I couldn't tell. And that ability doesn't just arrive one day. It has to be honed very patiently over a long period of time. So I did do movements that either felt like nothing or were slightly injurious to me and some that were very building and good for me and I couldn't tell the difference at first and I just had to keep going, not being able to tell the difference but slowly and surely over time learning to tell that difference, to make those distinctions more and more accurately and I'm still not at the arrival point, there is no arrival point you're just always moving, I'm just always moving closer and closer to being good at those distinctions. So that was my first 
barrier, obstacle as to why it took me a very long time, has taken me a long time. And the other one was the mental baggage that said, this doesn't work, this is useless, you have to do something else, you have to look for something better, I don't really believe it, I thought I felt a benefit but I must have imagined it. This negative self-talk talking me out of doing it. And I guess I got that from life experiences, I got that from people telling me things, I got that from wanting to be approved of or not judged harshly or not thought stupid or um, I wanted to conform and be doing the type of workout that normal people do and not the type of weird non-workout weird movements that I do. So there was a whole range of reasons but that, that was the other thing that held me back. So my two obstacles were that not having fine enough distinction powers, which I've honed the skills of gradually, and having mental baggage that um, basically invalidates this practice. So um, that's all. That's really it. Those are two obstacles to, to be aware of. Floor practice is fantastically valuable. It cannot be overstated. I don't know what words to use that could possibly express the value, the importance of it, the extreme power of it. You could discard every other form of um, movement practice, exercise, workout, etc., and do only this, and there would be a massive benefit. Now, of course, what I'm talking about doing this floor movement and doing those somatic exercises and doing the pandiculation, I think those three things are immensely powerful tools. And if you're looking at an ancestral perspective, you'd be thinking, well, hunter-gatherers didn't do any of that. They didn't spend an hour a day doing movement on the floor. They didn't, well, they did pandiculate, all animals pandiculate. But they didn't need to spend an hour a day doing floor movement because their entire life was built around these things I'm talking about. Everything they did from dawn till dusk and even through the night during their sleep was what I'm talking about. It was doing adjustments in your body, feeling yourself, having an extremely refined sense of kinesthetic awareness and being constantly stacking your skeleton against the ground and using the ground force 24-7, so much so that they didn't even know that there was a possibility of not being able to do that. So these things are only necessary because in modern culture we have been interfered with. We haven't necessarily spent enough time on the floor when we were babies. A lot of babies don't. They're constantly in a cushioned environment or propped up and they actually don't get to do that stuff that's so important. And even if they did, all sorts of things happen. Shoes, cars school, desks, sitting, all sorts of things happen. And then there's the, the mental trauma or the events, the injuries, the things people told you that made you feel bad. So all this stuff gets in the way and that's why we do need to relearn and repractice these skills and actually take time to do so because they're no longer innate. But we can regain them. We totally can. 
So that's my thing for today. Thank you.